to feeling free with harry g today is going to be a special episode that i'm dedicating to my brother cedric Hurst jr cedric lost his life on december 21st 2020 him and i had planned to shoot our episode in january of this year but time wasn't on our side i would always suggest that we do it on zoom but he really wanted to do a sit-down conversation and plus he wanted people to see his outfit and the shoes that he was going to wear so today I'm doing this episode for him. I love him and I miss him every day. This is for you, CC. First, I want to start off by giving a glimpse into the kind of person that Cedric was in my eyes. Um, Cedric was beyond this world, like his presence. It was everything. He was the type of person that you only meet once in your lifetime. Um... That's why I kind of like wanted to shed some light on the impact that he's had on my life. And Seth and I met when we were kids. His family moved into the same subdivision as us, and we instantly became boys. We attended the same school, the same church. We were together at school, after school. Sometimes it was after school detentions. Um, we got our first jobs together after Hurricane Katrina. We worked together at Winn-Dixie. We worked together at Walmart. We were literally like inseparable. Whenever one of us got a job somewhere else, we always made it a priority to get the other one on. Speaking of jobs, I will get back to that later because I have a few funny stories to share. And this episode had been like, it's kind of like been harder than I thought that it would be. And it really took me a while to feel comfortable with doing it. But... I am glad that I finally did get to a point to where I felt comfortable. I tried a few times in January to record it, and I just didn't have the mental strength to do it. I started, and then I would end up not being able to finish it. It would get to that point of being overwhelmed, and I had to tell myself, like, you definitely need more time. And I also wanted to ensure that I did it right, because this was a tribute to him, and I just didn't want to, like, mess up and not have it like as good as I can because I usually like write I like write my feelings down and then sometimes I try to like translate that to to this and I just didn't want to not be in the right mental state to I mean I didn't want to be in like not good of a mental state to like relate what I was feeling for this one and I mean like losing him has been really hard on those that are close to him like his mom his dad his sister and I know his sons, his nephew, like, they experience some pain. So if you do know them or you want me to relay a message, 
also reach out to me and I'll send them the message for you. Um, this is like a therapy session for me, so I hope it brings comfort to whoever is listening. And I want to just start off by saying a few things about CC. Cedric Hurst was a unique human being. When it comes down to God's creation, I'd say top tier, top tier. Any room he would walk in, he could fit in. If he felt like he didn't, he'd create his own space. He loved being around people. And he loved bringing people together. He loved seeing love being shown. And when I think about it, the amount of lives that he touched, it blows my mind. With just him being able to like have that so down packed to be able to do that. And it even bring me joy like seeing all the amount of people that love him. Because it's what he deserves. <laughs> and he just values so many people. And Cedric really did value those in his life. He valued his mother. He was a mama's boy. He valued his father, his sister, his sons, his friends. And that's another thing. If he viewed you as a brother, he really meant it. You would be like his real-life sibling. He'd invite me to family gatherings when it was just immediate family. And whenever I had an, an issue at home, I'd go over there, and it was the same exact when it came to him coming to my house. Like, we attended family reunions, like, family parties for each other. It was just everything that you would just really do as, like, siblings. And he always, like, made you feel so welcomed. And he's, like, any time we could be in an argument, he'd still, like, just come over. Or I could be mad at him, and it would be the same thing. And one of my favorite things about Cedric was that he was a prankster. He'd prank you any time that he'd get the chance. And some days... It was good, and some days it was not so good. Like, there's a story that um, a few people know with involving him getting in the backseat of my car. And <laughs> so this one time at band camp, no, that's not the story. But um, what really happened was, Seth had called me around like 1 a.m. one night asking me to bring him somewhere. I said, absolutely not. Negative. I'm in a bed. He called me back and he said, come on, bro. Come on, bro. If you know Cedric, you know those three words are his three words. And um, he was like, I need you to bring me somewhere. It's important. So I said, all right, I'm going to come. He always knew I would cave in to whatever he would ask me if he asked me the second time. And I felt like if he asked me twice, he really needed So... About 15 minutes passed, and he calls me again, and I said, I'm on my way, but in reality, I'm still in the bed. I was so tired, and I really didn't want to go, and <laughs> he lives on the next street anyway, so I was thinking, like, either way, if I stay in the bed an extra 15 minutes, it won't be an issue, and, um, but Cedric had other plans, so as I'm walking outside, and <laughs> he calls me, and he's like, where you at? I said, I'm about to pull up. <laughs> but the whole time, he was already sitting in the back seat of my car and hiding in the back seat. So I get in my car and I get ready to drive over there and I drive down the street. And right as I pull off, he emerges from the back seat and he just starts screaming weird sounds like, and I'm like, that's really how it was. If you know the sounds Cedric make, it was probably 10 times worse. But I lost it. 
and I almost wrecked my car with him in my back seat. And so I parked it in the middle of the street and I turned around and I started hitting him. And I told him, I was like, I'm not even bringing you nowhere, bro. And I was so mad, but I was really, I don't even think I was genuinely mad. I think I just felt played that I had got scared and he seen me get that scared. But somehow like my anger faded because that's what he was really good at. He would go the extra mile to make you smile. He loved to make light of any situation. And he didn't even need me to bring him nowhere. We ended up going to the gas station and we ended up riding around until like the morning hours, listening to music and just talking. And he just wanted to clown around in a presence. Like, <laughs> I was a <laughs> I was about to say, like, be around my presence, but I meant to say, like, we just, like, that bond we had, like, we wanted to be in each other's presence, um, Kanye moment, but <laughs> it was just, like, man, the bond that we had, it was just, like, insanity, like, where some would call us crazy, we were normal to each other, like, in every way, and even in high school, we created, like, our own lingo, and no one understood it, but it was ours, and we yell stuff like Rebarb or Emar Skamil Alaskaribe like the craziest stuff that we could possibly think of just to make <laughs> just to make each other laugh. And we love seeing other people happy. So even though people didn't understand what we were saying, it would make them laugh for some reason. And we love seeing people laugh. Like we just really enjoyed it. And I learned that trait from him. Like he really did always want to see people happy, and he always went the extra mile, even around me. So I was just like, it made me want to return that or be that goofy presence to people that he was for me. And I just loved it. And it was just like, <laughs> we would yell this stuff in the classroom in the hallways, and nobody would rat on us. But eventually, the teachers caught on. We even went so far one time as to taking a Sharpie and writing all the names all those names that I just said, we wrote them all over my TV in a permanent marker, with a permanent marker, and at my parents' house, and no one found out about it until years later when I moved out for college, and my dad was like, what the hell is this? And I was like, <laughs> I thought he was about to kill us, and me and Seth just looked at each other and put our head down, trying not to laugh, because we really thought everything was funny. I don't know why. <laughs> But that was every day with him. He was like a character. And I I loved it so much. And <laughs> now I want to tell like one of the job stories. When we were 16, Seb was working at Winn-Dixie. And he got me hired. And for some reason, we was playing in the store. We was chasing each other down the aisles and throwing grapes at each other. <laughs> yeah, grapes. Customers are passing and we're still at it. Like, we acting like nothing is going on. And one lady was like, I'm going to tell the manager. So we ran to the front of the store to pretend like we were helping our friend Whitney bag groceries. The lady at the register was buying frozen chicken. <laughs> and for some reason, Whitney told me something as I was bagging the lady chicken. And I took the lady, I took the frozen chicken and I like pounded Whitney in the back with it. And a lady just looked at me, and she said it too. She was like, "I'm no." <laughs> She's like, "I'm going to talk to your manager." And I was like, "Well, damn!" And when they told, they they had me and Cedric on camera, like throwing grapes. So they had seen it all, and the manager was like, "Yeah, y'all need to leave the store. Like, 
immediately. And we both was like, but when do we come back? And he was like, never. It was just like, another time we got in trouble, it was like, we have, we have a Walmart story. And it's like, well, I'm not going to tell that story. If you know, you know. But it's on the funeral service video. But, um, but man, it was like, it was always something like it was, it was kind of like fun every single day. But even when we got in trouble, it still felt like it was worth it because we had like, it was just awesome. Like it's even now it's memories I'll never forget. And I still think about it every day. Like even when he was alive, I thought we thought about this every day. Like we, we still talking on the phone, like almost daily and then we even if we went a week without each other without talking to two weeks like he would be like damn bro like you didn't call me in a long time and i'll be like damn it's only been a week but that's just like how much like we valued like friendship and the whole process of like making each other laugh like our conversations would be like purely of us living on those jokes from those times because he was living in california and i was out here so we couldn't really chill but we made sure, like, we kept that that bond going. And then I, like, I don't know. I just got sidetracked, but I, like, miss him every day. I knew this podcast wasn't going to be that easy. But um, another thing that I wanted to talk about about CC was a lot of people know, but some people don't know to the extent, is how talented he was. And, um... He was, like, very gifted, like, very, very gifted. And his mom referred to him as a visionary, and I couldn't agree more. Like, he could cut hair, and he was one of the best barbers, but he was really passionate about art. And, I mean, that went hand-in-hand, too, because if you got your hair cut, you know that he put some of that artwork into those haircuts. But he could really draw. He had a vision with... He wanted to, like, work for Pixar. He wanted to create... Um, cartoons he um when we was in junior high at Clearwood he drew the mascot and he won a contest and they put the mascot on our uniform shirts um in high school when it was um for senior year he did a contest where he won and they they put his design on our senior year shirts that we had he created this cartoon called Flat Pockets and he always talked to me about it when we were kids and he used to have a poster that was on the wall, like, in his room. And um, he used to be like, yeah, like, the whole story behind it. And it was, he had it, like, so, he knew exactly what he wanted it to be. Like, the characters' names, the the storyline behind it all. And, like, he was, like, he could talk about multiple episodes and how he wanted this show to, like, go on. And... Obviously, like, the show wasn't even off the ground yet, but in his mind and in his heart, it was already, like, he had envisioned it already and had this big vision for it, and, um, that's why I said, like, he was just, like, a magical human being, like, you don't, you don't encounter people like that, and even with me, like, we would have moments where I would tell him off-the-wall stuff that I would think about, and, other people will look at me crazy if I talk about a certain vision that I have for something. But he always made me feel like whatever I said could be a reality because he was on the same level. And he was he didn't believe that there should be limits on anything. Like as far as 
anything. He would be like, man, like, like go out there, like do this. No, bro, like I'm proud of you. You can do this. You can do that. And it was always like very encouraging. I could probably say I, w- I wanted to fly to the moon. And Cedric would tell me like, hey, look, I think you can do it. <laughs> and that's just how he was, man. Um, I didn't say a lot, but I don't know. I wish he was still here to, so he could be here with me for everything. But it's, life don't always work out like that. But I'm going to do my best to to bring some stuff that he have to life as best as I can because I genuinely want to do something for to make stuff happen because I know when he left he said like he planted those seeds for a reason and I won't be ever I won't ever be able to fully do it like he did and like maybe like his son can take on like both of his sons can take over the reins like later on do something, but I I really want to do something so I can like carry that on form in some kind of shape or form, and um. I just wish I had him like physically here to like work as partners, but is everything gonna work out? And, um, another thing that was what Cedric was like. How he felt at times. And it was like, as good as he was, and as good, like, as much as he was to people and, like, how good he treated people, and he would go out his way to make others happy, sometimes he was going through some of the worst times. Like, the worst. And, um, like, it was, sometimes people was treating him, like, a certain way, and it was just him trying to be, like, he like trying to find a way to like still keep like a positive mindset and sometimes it would just be him having like a hard situation that didn't involve people like it would just be a situation that he was going through like anybody else but it was I always used to find it like I didn't I used to like find it like strange because sometimes I would just be like dang like this is it's weird for a person to be at like the bottom this much but you still watching them be like get belittled or it's kind of like you can never win and a lot of people go through that but it's just hard to watch whenever it's somebody that you genuinely like care about um but every day he still like he went out there and he smiled and he made people laugh and tried to make the most out of every situation he didn't hold grudges at all um honestly that's another place where I learned not to hold grudges is him because even, like, if he made me mad, like, there have been times when he did me something and people would be like, oh, um, like, that, you, like, accept that or something? And I would just be like, no, like, I'm not, I won't ever be mad at, at him for, like, more than 15 minutes. It's just not happening because we won't ever go there. But that's, like, with him, like, experiencing that, it was it was pretty rough to see. And it kind of like made, it made me like want to try to be like a therapist for him. And he would try to help me when I was going through hard times. And I would call him on the phone and like, we would really be talking to each other. Like we a therapist and a client (laughs) and like really giving each other advice. And then sometimes we get off the phone and just be like, wait, did I just say that? 
Like, did he just say that? And we we tried up until the end. And if, if he would say now, we would still try. But we knew it wasn't always the best advice or best ideas. And, um, it was like, <laughs> I'm just, honestly, I'm like upset and I'm heartbroken for him. I'm, I'm heartbroken for his mom and his daddy, his sister, his sons, and his nephew. And I think I like just feel it. I feel it different too because I don't, the pain that they going through is like, I experienced pain in my life. And like now they, I never lost like a kid or, um, so it's like my pain can never like, I can never really feel what they feel, but it, it make me feel just like, just, I don't know. Like I love them. I love all of them to death and I just hope that they are right. And, um, I just think about the times like they, they did a good job on like raising him and, I want to be there for them like I know like how they were for my family and that was another thing too like with Cece when like when my dad passed away it was like Cedric came to my parents house every single day for over a month and every day like before and after work we would chill like just and he didn't he had never experienced that before. And it was just the fact of like, he he had that natural instinct to be there for you in those times. And it's now it's like, this is my like first time not having him on like by me whenever something happened. And now his parents are also going through like a, a worse pain. And it just made me like want to um, like do better and show show more love. And because everybody like struggling with something as far as like mental health go. And I am glad that me and Cedric had that understanding about like being open about mental health and um, like treating each other good and like just like going forward. But there is like a lot of people that don't really talk about mental health. And I wanted to like make a comment on that about um, I just wanted to say like a few things like I know that the average person, nobody is really comfortable with talking about mental health, especially, um, especially people that didn't grow up on that. Like I didn't, I didn't grow up talking about mental health. It just wasn't happening. And so as sometimes I didn't really know how to express myself or I I would feel sometimes like if I was feeling depressed, I would tell myself like, um, don't go out with your friends. Because you don't want to bring their vibe down. Or you don't want to bring their mood down when everybody having a good time. And then there's another part of that depression where it's like, you know, like you might have friends that might want you to come around so they can help you. Because you being by yourself and you being alone is going to trigger that depression more. And whether people having like, people have all kind of like mental health issues that they don't speak on. But my goal is to just say that like, I'm not a therapist. I'm not um I'm not licensed in nothing with therapy at all. But my advice is just like you can be open. Like even if you talk to me, I don't I don't care who you are. Like every friend, every friendship I had started off from 
us being strangers. So, um, it's just like, be open. Don't be scared to reach out because what I try to tell people is that everybody is, everybody is the same. Everybody going through something. Don't feel like you're going to weigh somebody down. And when you feeling something sad in your heart or you feeling like something might be wrong, like just reach out and, um, cause they got people that care about you. I'm a stranger, but I know what it felt like to be by yourself or feel like yourself in those times. So I would, I'm here for you if you ever need. And I have two things that I want to read before I close out. And one is, um, while I'm ending the mental health part, I wanted to read this thing that I wrote and Cedric read it. I, I actually wrote it like a few years back and, um, and he lo- he always loved it. And I called it Depressed Generation. And it goes, Every single day as we grow older, we lose the ones close to us. The world gets colder. Time takes us here. Time takes us there. Time keeps ticking, baby. Time don't care. Life is a test. You'll succeed and you'll fail. Will it take you under? I don't know. Time will tell. You see, this life we live, it'll never be perfect. But if you do it right, then it just might be worth it. It's not easy, although some make it seem that way. The same folks, depressed and stressing out every day. Because they're like you, and I am too. But if we're going to make it, then we got to push through. Are you lonely? Need some consoling? I know you have more to say aside from the things that you told me. Are you watching your peers excel in their careers and wondering why the hell am I still here? Is your heart broken and filled with fear? Scared to love again or let anyone near? Did you lose someone? Your dad, your mother, your wife, best friend, sister, or your brother? Come on, let's talk to each other. Are you feeling, are you struggling with money, feeling hopeless and stressed? Talk to me. I want to know what's got you so depressed. Who can you talk to about how you feel? Are your friends still your friends when you're speaking what's real? Or do they make you feel like you're strange for feeling what you feel? You have no one to turn to. What the hell is their deal? So you go to the doctor. You know he'll have your back. He listens to your problems and writes a script for Prozac. Few months later, you're depending on that. Thought it would cure your anxiety and depression, but in fact, it created another problem that affects your brain. Now you know life will never be the same. But I believe in you, and you believe in me too. All we need is love. You got me, and I got you. And then I have one more that I wrote for Cedric. And this is going to be the closer where I finish. And it goes, um, it was December 15, 1989, when you entered this world. A glorious day. Your mother and father welcomed their only son, the joy they must have felt that day. They watched you grow and say your first words, listening to sounds and repeating things you heard. One day you became a young boy and attended school. Later you befriended this crazy kid that you thought was cool. Since that day, you've been a part of me. It brings me joy that that crazy kid you chose was me. We formed a bond that was special, like no other. More than friends, we were real life brothers. We couldn't do anything without one another. The world turned their backs, but we always had each other. When I left for college, you made your way there. Show up at the door with your bag, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Didn't even have a car, but you still made your way there. 
When it came down the distance, we just didn't care. A brother for the ages, man, our bond was so rare. The love you had for others, that was just you. It wasn't just your words, your actions proved true. Now that you're gone, we're all feeling blue. You were always there, so now, what do we do? I'm sitting here writing this with tears in my eyes. Man, CC, I just can't accept that it was you that died. How did the universe let this happen to you? I have so many whys. 31 years, you were so young. Life was going good, I just knew you wasn't done. This is hard to fathom, I can't accept that you're gone. But I know you're watching over me, I gotta be strong. You didn't deserve to have your life taken away. December 21st, I'll never forget that day. Your mama pops and eat, they're hurting the worst. Your two boys gotta grow without your physical presence, but they carry your name hers. So I know they'll be alright, cause they have your love. I know you're gonna protect them from the throne above. I'll never forget you, brother. I miss you every day. You bless my life in such a significant way. Until we meet again, in my heart you'll always be. I'm gonna carry the torch forever. This one's for you, CC. And now we're about to close out, but before we do, I want to share this piece that was written from one of our brothers. His name is Sean Caston, a.k.a. That Dude Cast. He was one of Cedric's greatest friends, and he said this piece at the service, and I saved it to my phone, and I felt like I just had to have it in here. And I want to share that with y'all. Hope y'all enjoy it. Trying to keep cool, head spinning like a ceiling fan. We had plans, but ain't no God had bigger plans. Yeah, it hurt, but now I know that you're going to live forever. You was always fly, now you got a pair of feathers. Hell on earth, God probably need a laugh in heaven. And I'm going to hold it down until we get to laugh together. You will look at the clouds and all of God's art. Now you live in the clouds, the sky your backyard. Come on, bro, you know I don't like to show emotion. Your mama's sunset, your swimming pool or ocean. I had to sit back and see it from a different angle. On earth, sometimes we blessed to live with an angel. Richest soul, Halo probably got the biggest glow. Give and go, God picked you so you had to roll. I ain't see that play coming, it's hard to let you go. But I'ma cherish every moment like a pot of gold. It hurt, but I know you don't wanna see these tears running. They say the sunshine brightest after the loudest thunder. So I ain't here to cry, I'm here to celebrate. Every moment, God knows you're in a better place. Love you.